Praise Jesus. All right, so I'm cautious of time this morning because we have a lot to cover. More so, I started a series last week. Ideally, I thought it was going to be, it's going to take quite a while, but I want to conclude on the series today. And there was no way I would conclude on the series today without actually thinking, talking about what happened, or uh, talking about last week's message. So you can also follow it. And please, I will beg of us, let us minimize distraction. Last week, I was quite distracted. Is that okay? And God bless us in Jesus' mighty name. So quickly, I'll talk to us about the dimension of life, right? The dimensions with an S of life. Because there are different dimensions you and I can be operating in. But for you to understand and for you to be able to have the fullness of this, you need to also understand that there are different realms in life. There's three realms in life. We have the physical realm, we have the mental realm, and we have the spiritual realm. The physical realm is the one that you and I see. We see every day, we walk with, it is the physical. We relate with the physical world with our bodies, with, our, with the body that God has given to man. Our five senses is our way of relating to the physical world. Um, God expects you and I to remain strong in the physical world. He expects you and I to ensure that our five senses are subject to his principles, to his thoughts, and we are meant to reign and rule here on earth. That's why scripture says in Revelations that God has called us a kingdom of kings and priests and we shall reign here on earth. Is that okay? The second part of it is the mental realm. And the mental realm is divided into so many areas. You know, oftentimes the things that we think are in the spiritual world are actually in the mental realm. Everything that tries to manipulate the mental capacity of beings, whether individually or collectively, is in the mental realm. So when you look at occultism, for example, is in the mental realm, they are not spiritual. Are you with me? Because what they play with is your mental capacity. When you look at ideologies, when you look at philosophies, they are in the mental realm. They affect the way we reason. Are you with me? And God expects you and I to reign in that place as well. God expects you and I to reign as Christians in that place. Then the third realm is the spiritual realm. The spiritual realm, it's not every person that has, that has consciousness in the spiritual realm. Because if you are not born again, for example, if you are not born again and you are seated here, your spirit is in a comatose state. So while the spiritual realm exists, you do not have understanding of that realm. There's no way you can have understanding of that realm. That is why when people are talking about spiritual matters, you cannot understand them because the Bible says that they are spiritually discerned. And if your spirit cannot discern such things, what happens is to you, it is foolishness. That's why to a lot of people, the things of God are foolishness. Right? Because they cannot discern it and their spirit man is not alive. But if you are born again, the day you give your life to Jesus, what happens is that God gives you a measure of his spirit to regenerate your spirit, to make your spirit come alive again so that you can start understanding the principles and the things of the spirit. Hence, as Christians, as children of God, God expects you and I to reign spiritually, mentally, and physically in all the three realms. You and I are meant to reign. You are meant to rule. You are meant to dominate. Nothing will have dominion over you in the name of Jesus. I said nothing will have dominion over you in the name of Jesus. 
So last week, we started talking about the seven dimensions or six dimensions of life. They are dimensions that we operate within at instances at every point in time. The first one that we looked at last week was the dimension of servanthood. Servanthood. Regardless of how God has blessed you, regardless of what God calls you to, regardless of who you are, you will have to choose or make a choice at every stage of your life who you will serve. Scripture says, to whom you yield yourself, you are servant to that person. At every point, like I'm speaking now, the Holy Spirit is telling somebody, give your life to Jesus today. Right? As the Holy Spirit is saying it, the devil is also telling that person, oh, it does not matter. So you will have to make that choice who you will serve, who you will follow. Right? And whoever you choose to follow determines the principles or the dimensions with which you operate. So, for example, if you want to do business and you decide to go into the occult world to get your connections, you will have to operate within the principles of the occult world to maximize it. Are you with me? The same way, if you decide to follow Jesus in your business dealings, then you will operate in, for you to maximize the benefit of that realm, you have to operate in the principles of God. You cannot pick and choose. You cannot say, oh, Oh, don't worry, I'll just get married to anybody because of any reason and expect God to show up. He does not have to show up, right? There's a dimension of grace, but in this realm, in this realm of servanthood, you determine part time what realm you are working in by choosing who you serve, whether God or mammoth, whether God or the devil, whether yourself, you have to keep choosing. And we looked at the example of several people in the Bible. Esau was someone who had the birthright, right? But at the same time, he lost it because at that minute, he had to give himself up for what he enjoys. We look at the story of Jesus. Jesus being the son of God was also tempted to make that choice. But thank God that he won. Adam, who God actually blessed with every blessing in every places and even on earth, suddenly was also tempted but lost it. At every point in time, you will always have to choose. I pray for you this day that you will always choose right. You will always choose right. When it comes to you making decisions of destiny, always ask yourself that singular question, who am I submitting to? Right? It says the dimension under which you're going to operate. Is that okay? Amazingly, that's the list of the dimension. The second dimension that I want to quickly brush into is the dimension of logic or reasoning, right? It's an amazing dimension that it is God himself that gave us brains to think. Oftentimes, what we understand is that as Christians, we make everything based spiritual without using our reasoning. There's a place for reasoning and rationalizing. There's a place for logic. And logic is based on the principle that this whole world is structured. A is going to give us B. So every time I do A, I expect B to happen. Are you with me? And God instead this world like that. That everything and anything that you see around, they are placed within a system, an ecosystem, so that it could actually be predictable. However, logical dimension has limitation. Right? Because even though God has placed everything to operate in system, the input of man is not consistent. Because you are a man, 
you will not act exactly as you are meant to act part time. And you are limited. So it's a beautiful um, dimension to be in. This is the reason why you and I must study. In fact, next month, by God's grace, I'm starting another course in the university. Yeah, because you must always, you must always do that. You must always engage your brain. Right? I looked at my ecosystem. I realized that, oh, I need to know about the laws of the land. I cannot rely on Michael every time. Guess what? I'm studying law. <laughs> Did you get it? So you must always, always, always take advantage and be ready to get to the maximum in this realm. Because when it comes to operating in the physical world, it's about logic. Are you with me? It's about the things that you do at work. That's what determines what you, where you get to in our, the workplace. Are you with me? Proverbs chapter 1, verse 5. It says, let the wise hear and increase in learning. And the one who understands obtains guidance. Romans 8, chapter 3. From Romans 8, verse 3 to verse 8. I'll pick a few there. It says, for, the, for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh. The laws that God has put in place in this world that normally should engage our rational and our logic, um, logical dimension is weakened because of your own flesh. Right? And because of that, verse 5 says, those who live according to the flesh have their mindset on the flesh desires. Verse 7, the man governed by the spirit is, by the flesh is hostile to God. That's the limitation of working in this. Because you can program God out of life. This dimension, how beautiful it is, with all the knowledge that you get, with the, all the logical reasons, it's possible for you to program God out of life. It's possible, Bible says that knowledge pops up. It's possible to gain all these things and forget God. I pray you will not forget God. In Jesus' mighty name. The third dimension is the dimension of increase. It appears to be like in the logical fashion, but it is one dimension that does not does not it does not reliant or dependent on your relationship with God. Don't forget this. The dimension of increase does not depend on your relationship with God. It's a dimension that God has put in this world, regardless of whether you are born again or you are not born again. If a farmer sows a seed, that seed will grow, it will increase. If the farmer puts everything right, the same way that the Christian will do. Are you with me? It is the same, it's the same dimension that anybody can walk under. There be the, the, the beatitudes. Jesus Christ gave us a few of those beatitudes and said, if you are this, you will get this. It's a dimension of increase. With whatever measure you sow, it's the same measure that you're going to reap. Right? This dimension requires work from your side. It requires you to labor. It requires for you to fulfill and to achieve in this dimension. Guess what? Two things are very important there. Faithfulness and diligence, right? Says that a man diligent in his ways, he will stand before kings, not just believers. And if, if you are diligent in your ways, regardless of who you are, even if you don't pray, Bible says you will stand before kings. That is why you realize that the, most of the 4,500 companies or 4,100 companies as it were, most of them do not have born again and they don't have to have born again as the leaders. Right? They are diligent in their ways. 
if once upon a time I was going to employ somebody to work with me, and the first excuse the person was giving to me because I was a pastor was the fact that they have to go to church for something. Sorry, I'm not going to employ you. Because this dimension has nothing, no bearing with your relationship with God. I, does that make sense, church? Don't mix it together. And you will see this play out. The parable of the talents, for example, talks about this dimension. God gave to everyone according to their ability. If you sow it, it will increase. However, in this dimension, even though it requires your own work and your own input, it requires your faithfulness and your own diligence. The actual increase is based on God's sovereignty. Are you with me? In this dimension, God still has the overriding rule in this dimension. So you can work harder than the next person. You can be more faithful than the next person. You can be more diligent than the next person. If God says it is not time for increase, there's no time for increase. But listen to what I said. But God will not say that you should increase if you have not been faithful and diligent. Because if God does that, it makes God an unjust God. But because God is just, the basic requirement for anybody working in this realm is that they must be faithful and diligent. Be faithful in your job. Stop running out of job. Stop lying at work. Stop being faithful and diligent. If you're working from home, work from home. Be faithful and diligent. Stop doing eye service. Be faithful and diligent. Then God can see there's an increase. That's why at times we wonder why God allows somebody else to be brought into that team to override us because we're not faithful and diligent. Maybe that one who is an unbeliever was faithful and diligent where they're coming from and God brought them to be your boss. And you're wondering why am I not getting even though you are praying. You're not writing that, that dimension right. The fourth dimension is the dimension of faith. This dimension cannot be initiated by you. It has to be initiated by God. Now, the next two, three dimensions is dependent on your relationship with God. So I'm sorry to say, if you are here, you are not born again, these next three dimensions, you cannot work in them. For you to work in them, you must have a relationship with God. The first three, you do not have to have a relationship with God. Right? But these next three, for you to operate in them, you must have a relationship with God. So, the dimension of faith is you being able to obtain that thing that you are not really qualified for. And if it is initiated by God, because faith has to be based on what God has said. So, if God has said concerning Brother Richard as he's speaking to him this morning, that you'll be the head and not the tail, right? Guess what happens? Everything in nature starts working to that word being fulfilled. Right? Because God has spoken. But even though God has spoken, you need to operate in that dimension. Because God has spoken does not mean that the word will come to pass if you don't do your part. Working the dimension of faith is like partnership with God. God wants to do this. He expects your believing and your cooperation. 
by you making, by you acting it, working it out. I'll give you a biblical example. God called Abraham and said, Abraham, you are going to be so prosperous that the old world will, will prosper through you. Right? I need you to live. And to do. God gave Abraham several things. So this is what I want to do. These are the things I expect from you. You are the father of many nations, isn't it? Even though Abraham did not have a child. Abraham changed his name, number one, by cooperating with God. Right? Fulfilling his own side of the deal. Right? With faith, you can get what is not naturally, what you cannot obtain by increase or by any other of the other dimensions. Because it requires your own cooperation. As long as God has said it, I did not say that the dimension of wishes. Right? Because oftentimes, what all of us call faith is wishes. Because, oh, ah, I wish I'm prosperous. So you determine within yourself, oh, I wish I'm prosperous, I wish I'm prosperous. And you believe your own wish so much so that you think it's faith. If God has not spoken, it is not faith. Do I get an amen? If I bought the theology, sorry. But if God has not spoken, it is not faith. And God speaks to us in different ways. As I'm speaking to you, God is speaking to you. For example, I just declared God's word concerning Richard. It's down to Richard to cooperate with that word to operate in that dimension. You are reading your Bible today. What you are reading in that Bible is not about the next person who God is talking about. It's about you. It's about you cooperating with that word and acting according to it. That is how you respond, how you walk in that faith, in that dimension. It's about you hearing and doing. It's about you receiving and doing. It's in the doing that that dimension is manifested. Now, the next dimension to it is amazing, right? It is the dimension of grace. So let me quickly explain this. Can I borrow you, Marilyn? So, God has spoken that Marilyn is going to get there. That's the, that place represents the best place that you will get to in this world in Jesus' mighty name. Greater than anything imaginable in all your heart desires. God has said that Marilyn will get to that place in Jesus by where she wants to get to. Is that okay? Now, this is what dimension of faith is. God picks up Marilyn. This is the part that God has fulfilled his own parts. Isn't it? Move Marilyn from there to this place. Marilyn should fulfill her own part by going according to her own ability to this point. That's where her ability can get to. This is what a dimension of grace does. When grace appears, it picks Marilyn from where her strength gets to and fulfills it. Are you with me? In the dimension of grace, you go farther than what your faith can ever take. God bless you. You go farther than where your faith can ever, ever get you to. Because the limit that you have, God put his own strength to it. That was why when Paul was crying to, to, to God and said, God, uh, three times have I prayed unto God that I should take this thing away from me. God said, my strength is made what? Perfect in your weakness. So in the dimension of grace, every time your weakness is showing up, God's strength is magnified. But this morning, which is where I'm going to, is a dimension that is higher, that is better, that is most beautiful, that is a dimension of grace. Somebody will say amen. amen. Somebody will say amen. amen. It is a dimension of inheritance. You actually knowing who you are in God as a child of God. Romans chapter 8 verse 9. 
says the old world, sorry, so Romans chapter 8, verse 19, says that the old world is awaiting our manifestations as the Son of God. That dimension is a dimension that's completely different from this whole thing that we're talking about. And I'll give you a simple example. My son's friend, children are on after my son's friend came around to spend time with him all through this afternoon. And, hey, come on, it's my son's friend, so you are free. You can go anywhere. You can do anything. One day, my wife had to make that comment because I shared this with my wife before. She was like, oh, God, now it makes sense what I was talking about. That even though both of them were free to do whatever they want to do, you can still see that no matter how, much, how free they were, that boy was not as free. Are you with me? And I gave an example last week that if Kunle comes to my house, Kunle come, I've known Kunle since he was, only God knows, let me not mention the age. <laughs> Kunle is like a son to me, right? Kunle will not just go into my room to be jumping on the bed. <laughs> no matter how close we are, he will not overstep his boundaries. While I can say, Kunle, everything I have is yours, you know that, hey, it's not like that in real times. <laughs> He will still ask to ask me permission by, oh, Pastor, can I use the toilet upstairs at the least? Even though it's pressed, and I know that it's pressed, right? But because there's somebody downstairs, he will say, Pastor, can I use the toilet upstairs? Even if there's nobody there, but because I know that when he does that thing, you know what I'm talking about, he has to go somewhere else. He will say, Pastor, can I go upstairs? And wait, wait, wait. Within my grace, within my dimension of grace, I will allow him to. So in dimension of grace, you only, you only get what God allows you to get. Right? Change the story. Will Joshua ask me anything before doing it? He's in his father's house. Because he's a son. God bless you. Right? That's the dimension that God expects the church of today to start working in. The dimension of his sonship. We knowing who we are in Christ. I said a son. If truly you are a son, you will know your position in your father. Let me ask you a question. Was there a time that you went through a training of this is your father? Never. It is natural, isn't it? Bible says we have a spirit by which we call Abba Father. That's why you and I can comfortably call God our father. There's something in us that resonates with that word that truly we are children of God. Because the Bible says, whosoever received the spirit of God, that person is a child of God, the son of God. So you and I are children of God. And if truly we are children of God, scriptures now says that we are joint heirs with Christ. Jesus Christ went about doing several things, and at several times he will say, oh, I'm only doing what my father said. They will say, oh, the things I say are the things my father wants me to say. Because he understood who he was in God. And when he says it, he knows that the old world has to cooperate with it. Jesus Christ, Bible says rather, we are joint heirs with Christ. And whatever it is that Christ operated in, you too can operate in it. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 12, if I'm right. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 5, verse 12, sorry. No, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12. Look at one of the reasons why we have the Holy Spirit. 
now we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God. Look at the reason. That we might know those things that are freely given. When you operate in the realm of sonship, there are some things that you know that's freely given. You not knowing what is freely yours in your father's house is ignorance. And the devil is so pleased for you not understanding this dimension at all. Because he knows that the minute you understand this dimension, you will call fire down. You know why? A child as small as my son is, let me tell you the truth, he knows his authority in his kingdom. He knows the right in his kingdom. He knows those things that are truly easy in his kingdom. In fact, there was a time that we bought McDonald's for him. He knew that this McDonald's belongs to him. Because when I said, can I have one fish fingers? He said, no. (laughs) 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 You must church. Listen, this is not a comedy reel. You must know who you are in Christ. The biggest weapon that the devil can use to cheat you is ignorance of who you are. Bible says you are God's sons. You are children of God. Psalm 62 says you are God's and children of the most high. But ignorance makes us makes people to die like men men. You are not ordinary. So with the Spirit of God, there are times that the Holy Spirit lays things in your heart. Listen, you don't need to pray for them because they've been freely given. It's for you to take your position. It's for you to take or to exercise your authority in Christ. I pray the essence is for you to go from today and actually ruminate over and look at your scriptures. What are those things that are written in the Bible for me? So, for example, in, in, in John, let me give you a few things. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, Scripture says, little children, you are from God and I overcome, and I've overcome them. Listen, we quote that thing when we're doing um, our confession, that greater is it as him. It's just as a confession. If truly you know that if truly you believe this scripture and you know that you are a child of God, then scripture says you have overcome the world. So when scripture now says that God has not given us a spirit of timidity, why are you still scared? What are you scared about? What are those fears? What are those things that is challenging who God is in your life? There's no place for them. You are a child of God. It does not matter what the devil brings your way. Bible says you are overcome. So, Scripture says that you are more than conquerors, isn't it? Now, when you look at the, good, <laughs> but when you look at the way that Scripture is written, how can you be more than conquerors? It was likening us to some people who were operating in the realm previously, in the realm of faith, right? All these people that we refer to as our fathers of faith, Abraham had to do something to obtain conquerorship, Right? Moses asked to do something, but he did not obtain conquerorship. All these people did not. So when Bible was saying that you are more than conquerors, it was only repeating what Jesus Christ has said. That is the day of John the Baptist. No, that all those that have been before John the Baptist, that is that day that we are the greatest after John the Baptist. Because you know why? We don't need to obtain our own sonship or conquerorship by the works that we do. It's because somebody has already paid the price. 
That is who you are, church. That is who you are. Knowing what your rights are, knowing what your authority are, knowing your position in Christ. I remember somebody once said, I'm arrogant spiritually. I was so happy. <laughs> Honestly. Because that means you know yourself. That means you know yourself in God. How can I work on this, at this realm? How can I operate at this realm? Number one, just two things I'll give you. Number one is that you need to understand the covenant that you have been called with. What's a covenant? Our lawyers. Our testament is like an agreement, isn't it? So the day you were adopted into God's, as a God's, God's son, right? Not because you are God's sin. But the day you were adopted as a child of God, there was a covenant that was written. That same covenant that just, so the terms has been written in that covenant. That covenant is the word of God. In that covenant, it says the things that you are truly, that is yours and the things that are not yours. Right? So you not knowing the things that are yours or the things that are not yours, who do you blame? It has nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. It, has, it will teach you even if you don't know. But you have to go into the world to understand it. So you need to understand those things that have been freely given to you, church, and operating them. The second thing is that you must let everything, to operate in this realm, you must let everything that you are be driven from a position of love and the love for Christ or for God in particular. Right? You must let everything that revolves around you be driven by God. And I pray God will help us in Jesus' mighty name. Now, somebody is thinking, but Pastor, this is not, I'm not sure. It's the ideal, but it's not real. Because uh, how come I'm a son, but I still suffer all these things? You know, how come I'm a son, but oh, well, this thing that I'm expecting does not come to pass? How come, how come, how come, how come, how come? Let me quickly give you the answer and we'll round up. Galatians chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. This is where you're going to help me minister to your neighbor. Galatians chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. Look at what it says. He says, now I say this, that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is the master of all. Next one. But is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. Listen, the reason at times why we are not able to exercise the dominion that we're meant to have, that we're able to exercise our authority as we should be, is because we are still babes in Christ. The more you grow up in Christ, the more, and do you know how you grow up in Christ? Being aware of those things that are truly given. Knowing who you are. Church, the more you do that, the more God is able to let you walk in this realm. If not, you will still be in the realm of servanthood. Are you with me, church? I pray that God Holy Spirit will minister to us. What is your take home from today? Church, make up your mind that you're going to take that covenant, the Bible, and you're going to identify all those things that God has freely given to you in them. He has so much given you everything, so much so, 
He gave you his son. He gave you his spirit. What else do you want him to give you? He has given you everything that you need for life and godliness, the Bible says. It's for you to understand those things and walk in it. Bother your head and talk to God this day. Pray to God that, Father, let your fire come upon me this day. The burden, the desire, unequal desire to, to, to love your word, to go into your word, to dwell in your word, to listen to your word, to digest your word, to understand your word. Pray that God will give you the spirit of revelation. God will give you understanding in his word. That from today, when you open the Bible to study it, that what you're going to see will be who God wants you to be. Please talk to God, church. That, Lord, I want to enter into a new dimension in you. Open my eyes of understanding. Open my eyes of understanding. And this morning, if you are not born again, you cannot operate in the last three realms. With every head bowed, every eye is closed. Please, I beg you, please close every eye so that we don't limit anyone who wants to come to Christ. Every head bowed, every eye is closed. If you want to give your life to Jesus, be assured I'm not going to call you out. I don't want to embarrass you. It's a relationship within you and God that you're trying to, to operate in. This morning, you want to give your life to Jesus, just raise it up and put it back down. Just to signify so that I can pray with you. This morning, you want to give your life to Jesus, just raise it up and put it back down. Or you want to rededicate your life to Jesus. You think that you walked away from Christ. It's between you and God. Just raise up your hand and put it back down. God bless you, my sister. God bless you, my sister. You want to rededicate your life to Jesus. God bless you, my sister. Why not just talk to God and say, God, have mercy on me again. It does not matter how many times. God expects us to forgive people 77 times, seven, seven times. How much more? God can forgive us forever. Talk to God and say, God, please have mercy on me. Forgive me again. Draw me close unto you. And if you have not raised up here, you can still raise it up. It's never too late. Just raise it up and put it back down. God bless you. Just raise it up and let me say that God bless you to you. You want to give a life to Jesus? Raise it up and put it back down. Father, thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we prayed. Father, we thank you so much for everyone. And especially, oh God, for those who have decided to come back home. We remember the, prodigal, the story of the prodigal child who came back home and you rejoiced at his coming home. Lord, I'm asking concerning this one. Please don't push them away. Accept them back into your fold. Let them be known as your children indeed. If there's anything they've done in time past that warrants judgment, Lord, I'm praying that mercy will prevail. Lord, if there's anything in time past that they've struggled with, Lord, I pray that, Lord, let your grace find them in the name of Jesus. And Father, Lord, I pray for your church in the name of Jesus. Help us to walk in this realm of sonship. That, Lord, we will know those things that are truly given, those things that are freely given to us by your Spirit, and Father, we will walk therein in the name of Jesus. Father, Lord, I pray for everyone in this place. Let your fire come upon us. Let your spirit come upon us again. That will be doers of your words indeed. Father, we exalt you. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray.
Come on, if you're excited this morning, why not celebrate Jesus? 